And welcome to week two. If we don't have a name for this yet, I'm Billy Arnott, and I'm going to this week to give you a recap of all the games in the National Football League here in week, of course, week number two. And the first game I want to talk about is the Chiefs and the uh, Jaguars, a battle of AFC uh, uh, opponents here. Both teams, maybe you thought we were going to have a good offensive performance. You have Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence. You have that matchup there, and it didn't go the greatest. You had a 17-9 final score. Mahomes looked decent at the end. He was able to get over 300 yards at least again. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 216 yards, about 50% completion rate. It was just a very stout defense by the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they, they really saved Mahomes in this game, and they're saving them this season. Remember, the Chiefs with those 17 points was less than the Week 1 disappointing offensive performance they had up at Harrowhead against the Lions, which they lost. So it seems to me that these receivers need to get off the bump very quickly. Sky Moore uh, got one touchdown in the game for the Chiefs. The other touchdown uh, going to Travis Kelsey. Welcome back, Travis Kelsey. Doing well in his first week back with the score. Might then going to take some time fully working back into the offense. I think they'll complete that next week. He only got about 26 yards in the game. Sky Moore, a lean receiver. Who would have thought that? Canarius Tony did a little bit better. Got 35 yards on five catches, had the most catches, uh, but no touchdowns yet. He's going to have to need to do some good stuff to rebound for that horrendous uh, week one. Running attack was also better. Pacheco at 70 yards. Clyde Edwards to layer one uh, run, zero yards. Mahomes with uh, 30 yards on seven runs. If they can get everyone back in, they'll be fine. Uh, they're going to have to figure out Trevor Lawrence a little. Uh, Jaguars to one and one. A very tough defensive opponent. Uh, compared to week one in Indy. And Jacks will shoot off the bump. They got the Texans next week. That should be a win down there uh, for Jacksonville. Not worried about them yet. Chiefs offense I'm worried about. I'm a little, maybe getting a little, you might be looking, maybe a little concerned about Jacksonville's offense against elite teams, especially at home, considering you had the Chiefs at home out that week and they didn't perform better on offensive points-wise. But I'm going to leave judgment for that for a while on uh on not in Kansas City on Jacksonville. Next up, some about Monday Night Football, the last game of the week, the Steelers and the Browns at Accurature Stadium. Of course, the big news, which we'll get to in a little bit, the Nick Chubb horrific injury that he suffered in the first half of that game. He's uh, out for the season. But the Steelers offense not a winning season. I'm sorry for my time, and I am a Steelers fan. But if the Steelers' offense continues the way it is going, the Steelers will not have a winning season. You cannot have your defense. The defense does not get two touchdowns a game. You're not going to get Alex Hyde-Smith picking off Deshaun Watson for pick six. You're not going to get T.J. Watt picking up a Deshaun Watson football, running that back on the scoop and score. You're not going to get that every week. Now, do I like where the offense is centering itself more? Yeah, I like that George Pickens did what he did. George Pickens, over 120 yards in that game. He got the ball more often. He got four he got four catches. Now, one of those four and was over half of his 127. That 70-yard 70 70-yard 70 run where he caught in the middle of the field. Just ran it past the Cleveland secondary to score. But that's what they're going to need. They need to get George Pickens in that, in that position. He is a dynamic wide receiver, in my opinion, a dynamic wide receiver. You need to have that in today's NFL. You need to utilize that in today's NFL, Matt Canada. And if that continues to happen... You're not going to do that. You're not going to win these games. 
You're not, you're not going to. And they got bailed out by the fact that Cleveland just had the turnover bug. The difference was the Browns offense was turning the ball over. The Steelers offense was just punting it over and over and over and over again. That's the difference in this game. And maybe even more of a difference is that Cleveland gave up turnovers that actually allowed touchdowns during the turnover. That might have been the big difference. Because even after Chubb went down, Jerome Ford was the running back of the game. Now, partial of that because I think Mike Tomlin likes Najee Harris. He doesn't want to bench Najee Harris. I think he should bench Najee Harris. But it's not my call to make. It is not my call to make for Mike Tomlin to bench Najee Harris for Jalen Warren. That's my opinion. That's You can't do anything about it. But man, did they get loaded on rushing yards. Jerome Ford came in. You know, people are like, Nick Chubb season's over. Jerome Ford put over 100 yards on that Steelers defense. 106 yards, was getting up the field. Six yards of carries, averaging more carry, average more carry than Nick Chubb's 10 carries. Uh, this is a little bit much, but still 6.6, 6.4. They were getting on that Steelers defense. So I'm not fully worried yet. If I am a Cleveland Browns fan, I'm not saying the season's over yet. I think you have more worries than Deshaun Watson in the passing game right now on the offensive side of the ball than you do with Jerome Ford in the backfield, if he continued what he did last week. He's gained more experience. He already had more touches week one against Cincinnati than he did all of last year in the fourth quarter when they were pulling away. Now you have this situation. So I'm not worried for Cleveland. Maybe if they really want to trade for a running back, you get Cam Akers. We'll talk about that in a minute. Cam Akers maybe looking to get traded out of the Rams. But that is definitely the passing issue. You know, Mari Cooper got some good work. But they need to find the end zone more with these guys. They have Gary Cooper. They have Elijah Moore. They have David Njoku. you got to get these guys more involved. Just keep it going. They'll get there. Because they have the defense as well. Remember, Browns defense, not the problem. If the Steelers defense doesn't get, doesn't get in the end zone, the Browns win the game. The Steelers are 0-2. Cleveland's 2-0 for the first time in over, it was like 27 seasons, which they're not now because they lost. But their defense is good. They got to, they got to pick off Kenny Pickett. They got... Uh, in the backfield a decent bit at the end. The pass blocking was not great for the Steelers. But that is... This is not but. But the, the offense will get them back in these games. They need to fix the offense quick. That's what Kevin uh, Stefanski needs to do very quickly in order to get Cleveland back on the right track. Uh, next game I want to talk about, we have Washington Commanders against the Denver Broncos. Sam Howell. Actually, let me say this. What's this thing about this? When you came into the season, did you think Washington and Denver would actually be a pretty decently good game, especially on the offensive side? Uh, probably not. And you got that here. You had Sam Howe going again, getting those two scores, not turning the ball over. Brian Robinson Jr. coming out of the backfield. He got two two touchdowns for uh, them, for Washington. Russell Wilson. Sean Payne actually has a decent offense in the game. They didn't. They lost to Irwin, too. But still, over 300 yards, three touchdowns and a pick was... Probably a very good game for Russell Wilson, considering what happened last year with that Denver offense. So, when you look at them, I think Denver, this might be a game where you look at it, you think, yeah, we lost, but maybe we can get ourselves back into it. And Russell Wilson showed flashes of himself in that game. He had deep throws. That Hail Mary throw might have been lucky, but Russell, but you need luck to be a great quarterback in the NFL. You can't, you're not going to always have this perfect throw every time that's going to work out. You need to have luck to have throws work out. And that's the old Russell Wilson we're seeing. I think we might be starting to see that again. He went to crap last year in his first year at Denver. Maybe we're starting to see that again. I think that's going to be a big deal. A big deal. That's a big deal to see the NFL these days. If they can get Russell Wilson back into things, 
then they can make some maybe some sort of noise. They're only 0-2. It's a must-win next week, very much so, and they're going to have to do it. But we're not. But they got Russell Wilson back there, and look at Sam Howell for Washington. Sam Howell played better against arguably a better team. 70 percent completion rating almost against against Denver, almost 300 yards over 100 passer rating. He might not be looking too bad. You know, this is his second year. He was back up last. He he was back up last year, and he's doing well. Three touchdowns, only a one pick, which is good ratio early. Of course, good ratio in the season. If you go uh, two to one uh, touchdown interception, he's got the weapons to do it. He's got Terry McLaughlin, uh, who got a touchdown. If Brian Robertson Jr. can keep up what he's doing, that's going to work out well in the backfield to keep to diversify the offense attack. Uh, you got Dotson, you got Gibson. This going to keep going like that way, and maybe Washington make noise. There was actually with the sell of the team off Dan Snyder's hands, and Washington now two and zero straight off the bounce with it. There is hope in Commander Land, probably for the first time in a while about this team. Probably first time since you got chasing on that defense. Next up, let's look at the uh, other Monday night game, which is uh, in Carolina between uh, the Saints and the Panthers, battle of uh, Bryce Young against uh, Derek Carr, and what probably we say is we should start calling it the shit show game of the week, until it was a crapshoot. Both quarterbacks didn't do great at all. You know, Carr, 228 yards and a pick. Just didn't look. He had flashes of some good throws. You know, he had a big throw to Chris Olave in, the, I think, the third quarter. But just didn't pan. They couldn't get in the end zone with him. Just couldn't get in the end zone. They had to rely on the run. They had to rely on Tony Jones Jr. getting in the end zone. 12 yards, 12 carries, 34 yards, and two touchdowns. It showed you they got the ball in on the goal line, but they didn't throw it. And they're going to need to throw it more. They did have some good they did, like they got flashes. You had Chris Olave got 14 yards of catch. Rahid uh, Shahid got about 16 yards of catch. But they're going to have Derek Carr. they got to do a better Derek Carr. they got to do better Derek Carr. 21-36, 228, and the pick is probably not what New Orleans is thinking when they're paying him. But also there is the case of Bryce Young, who did get a touchdown, did get one Adam Thielen, but just didn't look great. 153 yards on, 33, on 22 completions, 33 attempts. He had one great one in the fourth quarter. He read that and ran right up the middle of the hole in the Saints' defense. But it's just, you're not, it's not what you want to see from a first-year rookie quarterback. You're, I mean, usually you want your first-year rookie quarterbacks to be like, here we go, let's get in this game, let's win, let's pound it on these guys. And I am not seeing it for Bryce Young early. You're not really seeing it from any of these rookie quarterbacks right now. I do think I'm starting to conclude that this is going to be a quarterback class that's going to need time to develop. You're not going to get Mahomes, who's flinging it out there from the beginning. You're not getting Lamar Jackson, who is flinging it out there from the beginning. You're not going to get these in these class. And looking at the three ones, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson, which we'll get to them in a minute, they're not going to be these guys that are going to come out and almost be MVP contenders right from the start. And even Mahomes was the backup his first year, but he came out as soon as he came into the league. As soon as he started, he was starting to go very, very fast. And so that might be a little bit worry for uh, those uh, fans out there in um, – Carolina, but I think that they need time for develop. I've started to conclude that it's a development situation, and he will get the time to do it. Uh, Cowboys and Jets down at Big D and AT&T Stadium. It was a 30-10 win for the Cowboys. And for the Cowboys, it was a continuation 
of what they did week one. Had a very, very good uh, quarterback performance in Dak Prescott, especially with the accuracy, especially with the completion rate, 31 to 38. Got the two touchdowns, got 255 yards. But hey, if you're going to get that completion rate and that's what you're going to work in that offense, I think Mike McCarthy would take that any day of the week. Uh, CeeDee Lamb over 140 yards and 11 catches. You're also looking at a very decent clip rate from uh, Tony Pollard. You got Tony Pollard in the backfield at five yards a carry. I mean, five yards a catch, which is more than his running. Uh, they're working Deuce Vaughn in a little bit more in the offense with Rico Dowell in second back position. Now, your two touchdowns were also from two different places. You had one, two tight ends, Jake Ferguson and Lucas Shoemaker. Guys are not really used that much uh, in terms of other op- terms of the deep ball. So they got these guys who can make these plays in Dallas. Not in this, uh, you know, Dallas, sure, they can be back a little bit when you beat the Giants 40 nothing up in midlife. But they will solidify themselves if they keep doing this. Now, it did help them that they faced Zach Wilson instead of Aaron Rodgers here in Week 2. And Zach Wilson... I'm sorry, Jets fans. Zach Wilson definitely old like look like good old Zach Wilson. 170 yards, a touchdown, and three picks, a less than 50% completion percentage. This is not what they wanted. This was the nightmare scenario for the Giants, not Giants, the Jets. Excuse me, was for Aaron Rodgers to go down, be hurt, and for Zach Wilson to come in. And even uh, Zach Wilson does not seem to be fully through the Aaron Rodgers mentorship program that Giants... Keep saying Giants. Why am I stupid? Jets fans wanted Zach Wilson to go through for the next two years. He did have a very nice throw up to Garrick Wilson. It was a deep bomb for a score. Does not cut it to get 10 points. Does not cut it when the fan base was expecting these expectations with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback. You're not going to get that with uh, Zach Wilson. I imagine that performance might have been another shove for the Jets front office to look for a free agent quarterback or maybe try to get to the deadline some more running attack with Brees Hall, who, again, didn't look good. I think he's questionably got hurt again as well. You got to figure out something quick. You got to try to get Dalvin Cook running. Maybe you try to keep yourself into the trade deadline, trade capital for a quarterback. Problem is, you trade for Aaron Rodgers and you trade a lot of draft capital to get Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay. So that makes me think you're looking at that free agent market. You're looking at a Cam Newton. You're looking at a Carson Wentz. You're looking at a Nick Foles. Options that are older, who have fallen off the map, who are necessarily obviously not your first choices, especially when you had Aaron Rodgers in your pocket heading into week one. And that's going to be a crisis for them. Dallas, I haven't really brought them up. Another good defensive performance. I brought up the offense. I want to say a good defensive performance. That's all you were about to say. They took care of business. No drama with the Cowboys for now. That's what they want. That's what you need to make f- progress right now. And I think Dallas might have some recipe. Dak looking good consistently for the first time in a little while. Uh, let's go to the Bills. Um, you know, me and Nick were on here last week talking about after that Monday night game with the Jets. And, you know, that was Josh Allen's worst game in seasons. Throwing, you know, hit the, his specialty was a deep ball. He was throwing picks. He was not doing well at all. And here, classic Josh Allen is back. 31 out of 37, 274 yards, and three touchdowns. Josh Allen, old Josh Allen, does not look nice. Work. It is not like Joe Burrow at all, which we'll get to in a little bit. He's looked like good old Josh Allen form. They need that. If he didn't have that, they'd be in trouble. He was spraying the ball around as well. 
Uh, touchdown for Gabe Davis. Touchdown for Khalil Shakir. Touchdown for Dawson Knox. Uh, also, running touchdowns from both Damian Harris and Latavius Murray. So, no Diggs touchdowns. No James Cook touchdowns. James Cook didn't have a touchdown and got over 7 yards to carry for 123 yards. So, so that Buffalo's offense looks right back to its dynamic ways. Looks right back to the ways that got itself to being a perennial Super Bowl contender the last few years. That's what they need. They need a just scheme to be a blip. And it seems like going back up to Orchard Park, that is what the Bills needed. That is what the doctor ordered here in Week 2 to get the Raiders back on track. The Bills back on track. I keep screwing up these teams. I apologize. But for the Raiders, not good. Sort of like Zach Wilson in a way, except Jimmy Garoppolo did a little bit better. Got over that 50% completion percentage. Got that one touchdown. Got Only got two picks. He did find Devontae Adams in the end zone. But you have... You need to diversify. And he's seeing down the field. You know, he got Renfro at 20-yard catch. He's able to get Josh Jacobs uh, 10-yard catches down the field. you got to be able to do that more often. The hope for Garoppolo was he can repeat his form that he had at points in San Francisco. It's not looking like he has that here, and he has Devontae Adams with him. He has Renfro with him. He has Austin Hooper with him. He has Josh Jacobs with him. These are not bad wide receivers. This is a decent. I'm not saying it's the best wide receiver room in the NFL, but it's definitely not the worst wide receiver room in the NFL. You got to be able to use that. That's why they were confident moving off card. They thought Caropolo was an upgrade. It hasn't looked that way for the first couple weeks. They did get that win against the Broncos last week, but the Broncos offense was looking like the old Broncos offense last week. They finally go with a team that's a big offense to have to shoot out with, and they get uh, killed. They get blown out. They lose by 20 on the road, four scores. They'll get the Steelers next week, so they'll face a team that's had a subpar offense over two straight weeks, and we'll see how that goes down next week on Sunday Night Football in L.A. in Las Vegas. Keeps screwing up. Again, I can't talk apparently today. And that might be what they need to get back on track, but they want to compete. They want to get to that seventh seed, which I think with the way the AFC West is, when you have the Chiefs and Chargers in front of you, that's what you're looking for, at least a wild card bid. Uh, maybe a five or six seed, but definitely you're looking for that seven seed always as well. You gotta win some of these games, and they're not gonna come any easier uh, down the line. You have the you gotta go to Detroit. Detroit has a great offense again. We can talk about that in a second. That thrill of Seattle. You got the Packers coming up. Although Jordan Love didn't do, look nearly as great as he did in Week One at Chicago, they did uh, enough to get the job done against Atlanta. So you gotta look at these things. You gotta keep going forward. Next up, let's talk about Cleveland, uh, not Cleveland, Cincinnati, and uh, Baltimore. Classic AFC North battle here. And Joe Burrow did do better than he did last week. But was still not great. Uh, he did have that late surge, especially giving to T. Higgins. T. Higgins was the player of the game for Cincinnati. Had the two touchdowns. Big bounce back from week one against Cleveland when... No receptions for no yards. He had eight receptions for 89 yards, and he had two scores. That's a big change around for T. Higgins. And Joe Burrow did not do as horrid as he did in week one against Cleveland. He was under 200 yards. And he did have a positive turnover interception ratio, but still 222 yards. It seemed like they couldn't have work in Jamar Chase at times in the wide receiving category. Uh, he only had five receptions for the 31 yards, and it's nice to see that T. Higgins helped that. But it's not enough to win. They need to get Higgins in, but they also need Chase. And they also need Boyd, who did not have the greatest game himself. So you got to work these guys in. They also might need to look at that line a little. Because Joe Mixon only got 59 yards in that game. 
and and he almost got many, he got more yards than average on the receiving side of the things with the screens. So they're gonna have to look into that. Cincinnati maybe just a blip on the radar, but Cincinnati's 0-2 after coming into the season thinking they everyone thought they would likely win the AFC North. And it might be getting into must win time. It is must win time when you're going to do in the NFL. They're going to have to need to win quick. And they get themselves against Tennessee next. I'm sorry, they get themselves against the Rams next week, which should be a very winnable game at home on Monday Night Football. So that is possibly determined. If they lose that game, then maybe all bets are off on how the heck this team went wrong in 2023. They can't turn around from there. For Baltimore, for Lamar Jackson. Another decent performance. Another win they they got through. Lamar looks good. Although he didn't look great. I mean, almost a similar performance to Joe Burrow. But he got it when, when it mattered. They will definitely get the running attack more open with him, with Justice Hill, with getting Gus Edwards in a score. Uh, you also had some spring of the ball. They got Mark Andrews a score. got Aguilar a score. Zach Save Flowers was doing well. Odell didn't do great. Uh, but defense did what they needed to do. Geno Smith had to pick off Burrow. They held up late and uh, prevented Cincinnati from trying to get a field goal to tie the game. And for Baltimore, they're in the driver's seat in the North right now. They're 2-0. and They got the one against Houston. They got a one against the Ravens, against the Bengals. Now they got to go home to face the Colts Sunday. I imagine they're favored there, and then they got to go to Cleveland. I imagine they're favored there. Then they go to Pittsburgh. I imagine they're favored there. So the early season road is looking good for Baltimore, and they're playing just what they need to do to keep themselves in it. Um, let's also look at the Patriots-Dolphins game, Sunday Night Football. You know, Tua did good. Not as the offense was definitely not the offense explosion as much as we saw from Tyreek Hill in Week One. Obviously, I don't think anybody would have thought that you could do that again in Week Two, but came down pretty hard. Five receptions for 40 yards. Did get the one passing touchdown that two have threw. They are working Jalen Waddle in more, definitely more deep. Four catches for 86 yards, over 21 yard uh, per reception average. You also look at River Craycraft, who is new. Two uh, catches, 34 yards. That's 17 yards a catch. You, they're working him in there. Uh, the real star of the game for Miami was Raheem Mostert with the two touches on the ground, over two, over 120 yards on the ground. That's what they need. Tyreek Hill, Hill is a weaker game. They're covering him harder. They either go Jalen Waddle, which they did, or they go to Raheem Mostert, which they did. And Tyreek Hill still scored in that, which shows you some dynamic, some dynamic potential in the Miami offense. For New England, another, another maybe rockier on the horizon with Belichick and Mac Jones. Jones didn't do too bad. They're lining him through the ball. He had the one touchdown and one pick. So it wasn't a horrible game. He had a high policing percentage. It's looking like Tom Brady checked down offense. But something's got to change. I don't know if it's Belichick needs to go at some point and then you get more dynamic. But it seems that without Tom Brady behind quarterback, this whole short offense, but throw a lot thing has been figured out. Their beat, Patriots are getting beat. It didn't work with Newton. It's not working with Jones. They're 0-2 right now. And must win territory for New England. you got to keep... you got to find a way to win at this point. 
that's really the big takeaway for all the 0 2 teams. You gotta find a way to win at this point when you are an 0 2. Because you're looking for the playoffs here, the Pats. Pats haven't been in the playoffs in a couple years. Very uncharacteristic in the Bill Belichick era without Tom Brady. But, but, but oh, for that, uncharacteristic in the Bill Belichick era, but seems characteristic in the post Tom Brady era that we've seen the first couple years of. So they gotta turn that around quick before maybe some pressure gets put on uh, Belichick. What a comeback for the Giants down in Arizona against the Cardinals. It looked like Arizona had the game done dusted. They went into halftime up 20 to nothing. They look good. Josh Dobbs looked good. They're throwing the ball. Connor's getting in the end zone. It is all great and good. But here comes Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones, albeit against Arizona, everyone thinks is the worst team in the league. Second half. But defense is good. Josh, uh, Daniel Jones was a great quarterback. He's Danny Dimes again. And here come the Giants to a 31-28 comeback win. And now they're sitting at 1-1. One and, one, and Arizona is back at 0-2. Screwing up the Air Washington game and screwing up the game against the Giants. And the Tankathon is still on in Arizona for uh, them, which they wanted to do. I think they do have one Caleb Williams. And they got their way to the end again. Uh, Daniel Jones, two touchdowns, one interception. Rushing touchdown for Daniel Jones as well. Uh, did well. Barkley got in the end zone. Uh, both rushing and receiving. Hodgins got in the end zone. The top three by receivers uh, in terms of the yards of the game didn't, didn't get touchdowns to the Giants. Jalen Hyatt, Darren, Water, uh, Darren Waller, Darius Slayton. So they actually showed a little bit of dynamic potential in a way if you look at it uh, from that aspect. While the Cardinals, Dobbs got a touchdown pass to Marquise Brown. James Conner of a score. Josh Dobbs of a score on the ground. They didn't look half bad, but just completely flipped. In the second half, the Giants' defense woke up and completely shut them down. The Arizona uh, offense went kaput. And the Arizona, the Arizona defense of the Giants come back. The offense went kaput. And now Arizona's sitting in with two, and you're thinking in your head, what the hell is going on? I don't understand what's happening here. Please, I want to know what's happening. If you're an Arizona fan, you feel like crap. Because you don't really want to tank. Who wants to tank? But now you've lost games to Washington where you were up. You've lost games. You lost the game to Washington. You're up. You lost the game to the Giants when you're up. And now you got the cow. And now the next couple weeks, you got the Cowboys at home. You got to go to San Francisco to face the Cardinals. You feel like you. I imagine some fans who already feel like they're 0 four. And then you got to have the Bengals come. Maybe you have a chance there, but you're blowing leads. And if maybe Cincinnati turns around by then. You're feeling you're 0 five, and you're well on your way to the number one pick. And fans don't like that. Fans don't like that. Dang, I don't think anyone likes our team to tank. We want our teams to win every year. We always dreams that we're going to be there. Even even if we're in that situation, we think we're the worst team in the league. You're a fan. You want to go win that dang Super Bowl, man. Why wouldn't you? And for Arizona fans to blow those two leads to start the season when they already thought they were bad, you feel like you see the potential. And it's not even with Kyler Murray under the center. It's with Josh Dobbs under the center. Maybe Kyler Murray gets on those wins. Maybe Josh Dobbs. Maybe that defense should have helped them against New York. Maybe the defense should have pitched a complete game and they wouldn't have to worry about the offense shutting down in the second half when you're up 20 nothing at halftime. But it is just, that is just a sad scenario. The Giants needed that win. They looked down and out, and they get a win where they should have been down and out. They would have been down and out against uh, probably most of the rest of the league. But they do get the win, and they keep themselves uh, in track in that game. 49ers, they blew up the Steelers in week one. 
they go on the road to the Rams, and the Rams, who were a surprising team in week one, got that win. Everyone thought they were going to be down. They didn't look great, but they also gave the 49ers a hell of a more fight at home than the Steelers did when they when the Steelers hosted them. They got 23 points. Stafford over 300 yards. Did have the two picks. Did look a little bad at times, but they threw the ball 55 times. Kyron Williams got a score. Puka uh, Nakua, another great performance. Who heard of him before the season? And now he has two games, both of them over 100 yards receiving. He has almost 150 yards receiving in this one. Tutu Atwell, another guy, over 100 yards last week. No one knew who the heck he was. Here we go again. Didn't get over 100 yards this time, but they got 77 yards. Got over 10 yards of catch. Uh, Kyron Williams had that touchdown. I uh, had a touchdown receiving as well, so he did good. But just wasn't enough. Uh, 49ers, too much of an offense. Even with Brock Purdy not doing great, you still had very great on the passing side of things. He still ran it in. You have Dabo Samuel, who can be a runner and a catcher. He ran one in, and CMC looking good again, over 100 yards on the ground, got one in himself. So, I mean, these the 49ers can get you on the air. They can get you on the ground. They got them, and they're good to 2-0. Oh. They look like they're the class of the NFC West. They they got the Giants coming up. They should win that game. Then they got the Cardinals. They should win that game. And then they get the big test in Week 5 at home on Sunday Night on uh, Sunday night Football against the Dallas Cowboys. And that is, could be a hell, a hell of a game, and I look forward to seeing that. Let's talk Thursday Night Football for a second. Haven't got to that yet. Uh, we have the Eagles taking on the Vikings. And this game, you know, Kirk Cousins did well. But I think Kirk Cousins uh, did well when the stats need to be padded in the fourth quarter when they try to come back. Kirk Cousins got four touchdown passes in that game. By all accounts, was definitely the better quarterback over Jalen Hurts. He was finding his receivers more. He, I mean, Justin Jefferson got over 150 yards, didn't even get a touchdown. Think about that. Didn't get a touchdown, had over 150 yards. So they did have the offensive attack, and they were able to work in. Addison, Jordan Addison with a touchdown. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, two touchdowns. KJ Osborne, touchdown himself. But it was just the Eagles' offense was pounding it in on the ground. Jalen Hurts only had Jalen Hurts had less than 200 yards passing. He only had a touchdown to pick. But you know what they did? Swift, go run out there, got 175 yards. They are just pounding, pounding, pounding down that Minnesota defense on the ground. DeAndre Swift at 175 yards nearly had almost as Jalen Hurts' 193 passing yards in that game. Jalen Hurts himself had two separate rushing touchdowns on 35 yards. So Philadelphia, pass game wasn't working. They saw that it wasn't even were not working. It's just that they saw a hole in that Minnesota defense that they can run on them, and they pounded, and they pounded, and they pounded, and they pounded on them. They pounded on them. And Minnesota had no response for it. None. If you're a Vikings fan, you're like, how can we lose Four touchdown passes on the road from Kirk Cousins. Over 300 yards. Three guys with receiving touchdowns. It wasn't even our biggest receiver. We should lose the game. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. You know, credit to Philadelphia for exploiting that. They had a hell of a game on the ground. Like Minnesota had a hell of a game in the air. But in these times in the NFL, you should not be having a team on the ground doing as well as him in the air. Especially when on the air, 
You had him really shut down outside Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith had 131 yards. He had the touchdown. But who else had that? You shut down A.J. Brown. You shut down Dallas Gaudet. You shut down uh, Rashad Penny in general, both receiving and throwing. And you did. You, you lost to DeAndre Swift and Jalen Hurts running it in tight. Not acceptable. They couldn't even, you know... For, uh, I think the Vikings had... Uh, like four sacks almost in the game. Daniel Hunter had three sacks himself. So when it's passing, they had the pass defense down. They could stop the rush. And that's what killed them. You gotta be able to play a complete game instead of if you wanna make a move. This is the year to make the move. Even with Jordan Love down at Green, uh, at Green Bay and looking good at Chicago. You have Kirk Cousins. I think coming into that season, you look at the division, and outside, if you look at who had consistent the best performance at quarterback on a field, not taking any projections, not taking any hype, which is, excuse me, what you saw with Justin Fields. Kirk Cousins looked like the best quarterback in the NFC North. And here he is. He's doing well. Even if it's a little bit of sad padding. He still did it. You still only lost by six. You still had an onside kick chance. And yet you can't get the job done. On the road. Because your run defense was so poor. It eliminated any advantage you had. On offense with the pass. On your pass defense. It was so bad. It was unbelievable. <coughs> so credit to Philadelphia. I credit Dick Serini. He looked at what he did. And he got the job done. Have a day. Uh, for uh, DeAndre Swift, 175 yards on the ground, as I said before. Have a day. You don't usually see that that much in the NFL anymore. And they did it, and they just pounded it and pounded and pounded them. Dynamic offense from Philadelphia. They have that. That's how it rolls them. And they get Monday Night Football next week against Tampa Bay. I think they're going to beat them down Raymond James. We'll get to the predictions in a little bit. Uh, another game we're looking at right now, you know, hmm. let's talk about the Richardson, uh, sorry, not Richardson, the Gardner Minshew Stroud battle in Houston. Stroud looked decent, looked decent. He got almost 400 yards on the air. He got the two touchdowns. Nico Collins, there might be a little bit of a connection forming there. Almost 150 yards. Got a touchdown. But he only got 20 points. That is not, you know... You don't like that. Missed field goal 2 didn't help you. Definitely looks like some red zone issues down in Houston. When you're at 31-20. Yeah, the guy with 304 yards and 2 touchdowns. Indianapolis completely stopped your running attack. You have Damian Priest and Devin Singletary. These are the nice, decent one-two running back combination that's supposed to help C.J. Stroud get into that development period that he needs on the field of regular season snaps. And you can't even give him that right now. He's doing the work. I don't think they wanted that. I think they at least wanted balance. They need a quarterback to do work. You need a quarterback to do work in today's National Football League. But to have that not being balanced is nutsy no new. You need it balanced. And they don't have that right now. They need to get that fixed immediately. I know Houston's not going to be in that top running this year, but then they, then they want to show improvement considering that they got to the Stroud. They trade up for, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Will Anderson. 
They're going to want to see that. And they're not seeing that right now. Now for the Colts. Uh, I think Richardson got hurt in the middle of the game. And they had to bring in Gardner Minshew in. Gardner Minshew looked very de- very good for, what he w- for the time he had. 19 of 23. 171 yards and a touchdown. Uh, got one out to uh, a Kyle Granson. But before he left though. Anthony Richardson... Again, showing himself maybe to be the highest impact player in this class. And I didn't like Anthony Richardson. I'll get into that later. We're not later. We're getting into that now. I'm talking about why am I not? Why would I not say this? I thought he was going to be a bust. I thought, yes, he's a great athlete. He's dynamic if he wants to be. He just didn't show in college. He didn't show at Florida. And if I don't think he can show at Florida in the SEC, which everyone says is the greatest college football conference, how is he going to come up to the NFL and face these guys and he's going to do great? <coughs> and he's looking decent. I'm not saying he's not looking great. But he'll have time to look great. But he's up to... Uh, he got two rushing touchdowns in this game. Zach Moss got a rushing touchdown in this game. Uh, before Anthony Richardson got hurt. I hope he's doing good. But he looks dynamic. He can throw two. Six of ten, six yards. Those are short passes. Maybe he's being, looks like he might have some good decision making. Let's see how this continues. Hopefully he's not hurt for long. But good win for the Colts. Good win for the Colts. Uh, arguably, I, you know, I went in and said the Colts were going to win this game. Anthony Richardson did do definitely better than C.J. Stroud in Week 1. Turns out here, Richardson gets hurt, so we can't really compare the full game. But C.J. Stroud threw decently well as well. He only got 20 points. And that's the difference maker in this league. you got to convert when the time comes for touchdowns. Is there any other games you talked about? Yes, there's another game I haven't talked about. Let's talk about this. Chargers. Oh, and two Chargers with Justin Herbert. Ryan Tannehill beats Justin Herbert? I know it's in Nashville, but I don't think a lot of people saw that coming into the year. So Titans go to 1-1. One one. Justin Herbert and Ryan Tannehill, I would say, almost equal performances. Tannehill definitely had the better completion percentage. He did have the touchdown to uh, Nick Westbrook, a kind. Uh, he ran one in. Derrick Henry ran one in. Thank you, Derrick, for my fantasy team. And they just basically out the Chargers. That's all it was. Uh, the big difference on the offensive sides, I think, was totally the the rushing attack of Tennessee, I mean, L.A. being totally shut down. I think they, they had, I don't know if they got 60 yards on rushing. Joshua Kelly had 39 yards on 13 carries. 3 yards a carry. Not acceptable. Uh, not acceptable. Receiving attack was pretty good. Justin Herbert found two touchdowns to Keenan Allen, 111 yards. Mike Williams, 83 yards. This looks good. This is going to be good with Justin Herbert. But these guys... They they should have found they should have found the way to win. They blew chances. And Cameron Dicker had thirty field goals. Thirty three yards was his longest field goal, folks. They 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 had chances and they blew those chances. They could have won this game. They blew it and they lose it over time to Tennessee. Tennessee they scraped it out. That's what good teams do to scrape it out. And they did enough there. They did. I don't. I think they definitely weren't the best defense in that game. They maybe the better team didn't win overall in the paper. But Tennessee knows how to do it. They got Derrick Henry. They got Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill gets a reprieve for now, in terms of people wanting to bench him. But oh, I feel bitter of your Chargers. You're already, you're already, you know you you were supposed to be definitely number two in the AFC West, and now you're like behind the Raiders, and you're up with the Broncos. Very disappointing start for Tennessee. I meant Tennessee for the Chargers. And I don't know. Coaching change might be having to happen soon. Um, 
Let's talk up Packers-Falcons. <coughs> Jordan Love, he could throw it in the end zone close, but definitely did not have the performance uh, that he had in week one uh, against Chicago. Uh, three touchdowns, 151 yards. He got Devontae on Wicks in there. Uh, he got uh, Jalen Reed in twice, but very short. The, the Wicks was the biggest receiver. He had 40 yards. Uh, Jordan Love is learning, definitely has learned, that you might struggle, but you need to do it when you can and not turn over the football. And that's what he did. He struggled. He only had 551 yards. When he was in that red zone, he was in there tight. He was able to put that ball in the end zone for someone to catch it. And that's how he get three touchdowns. And he didn't pick up the ball. That's how he get zero interceptions. Now you look on the other side, and that's what the difference is. Ritter had a similar completion percentage. He had more yards. He had only one touchdown. And he turned the ball. And that was a big difference maker. Now, Desmond Ritter did also did one run one in. That's what they need to do. But also, uh, blue chances. Four field goals for uh, for uh, Atlanta. They do win the game. But I think Jordan Love is the better quarterback in the day. Jordan Love is the better quarterback in the day. And hopefully I did not suggest to you fans out there that I thought Green Bay won. So I'm crazy if I did. Um, Ritter he looked decent. I think the big difference maker for that offense uh, was B. John Robinson. 124 yards. He's living up to the hype of decent bit right now. How many yards is that for the year? That's uh, definitely a better philosophy. He's not 100 yards. He only had 56 against Carolina. So he's definitely getting himself on the track. You know, to come in as a rookie in top 10 fancy points, but after that's pretty big. Pretty big. Pretty freaking impressive, my friend. And he's he, he's got himself on that track now. And hopefully he continues that way. Drake London got a score as well. Ritter could have something to learn from Jalen Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love did not have a bad performance. I think Jordan Love was the better quarterback in this game. I think Jordan Love was the better quarterback in this damn game. And Ritter is lucky that his kicker can kick four field goals. They should have had they should have won this game by more, even with those stats. And I still think Love would have been the better quarterback. Speaking of quarterbacks who aren't doing great, let's talk about Justin Fields down Tampa in his poor decision-making. You know, Baker Mayfield did decent. He had over 300 yards and a score. But at least not like Justin Fields. He's got, you know, he's got two minutes to go. He knows he's in a game-winning drive situation. He's got to get down that field, right? He turns around, and he throws the ball right to a guy for pick six from the three. How do you do that? When you're the guy, you're supposed to be hyped. You're the guy. This is supposed to be Chicago's year. You're with two now. How are you supposed to do that? Unacceptable. Unacceptable. And you know, they deserve it because of that way it was run. They have fields not looking good. He needs to find something out quick. Because you're in two, you need to find something out quick just to get in the playoffs, let alone win the division. And for Tampa Bay, good for Baker, I guess. And uh, the big thing for that is Baker, Mike Evans, connections forming. Mike Evans, another great weekend. 170 yards catching and a touchdown. Got the touchdown from Mayfield. Rashad Wright had a touchdown as well. Uh, just look at it. Come on, Chicago. Figure it the fuck out. Figure it out. Because if you don't, you are in for a hell of a year. And maybe you need to replace Justin Fields. Just maybe you need to do that. Uh, that's what I'm going to say in that game because if not, I'm going to rant even more. Final game of the weekend I want to talk about. Final game of the weekend. 
Another overtime throw up in four field in Detroit between the Seahawks and the Lions. Second half, first half was a shit show. Okay, we'll just, we'll just say what it was. It was a shit show. <coughs> Second half, though, they all lit up. Jared Goff, great offense. Jared Smith, great offense. Kenneth Walker ran the ball well. Montgomery ran the ball well. Um, it was all around great game. It's just that it seems like it, it seemed, basically it boils down to what happened last year for Detroit. Had a good offense, even with Jared Goff. He gets a bunch of stick, shtick usually for not being a great quarterback. Great offense, but in the end, the defense is just bad enough. Just in that week, whatever it is, how many points it is, you know, Detroit can score 40, the defense gets up 43 or 46. Here, Detroit scores 31, the defense gets up 37. Uh, 31, the defense gets up 37. And that's what just happened. And that all boys out of that, because I think everyone was good. I think the defenses need to fix themselves on both sides. As simple as that. It's basically really a simple equation here. And that's what gets you over the line. Seahawks needed that winning one and one. Detroit comes back to earth after winning at Arrowhead in week one, and they lose to uh, Seattle at home. Let's get to a couple of news items quick. I think that was tied to them together here. As you know, as I stated during the, the Brown Steelers recap, a horrible, horrific injury from Nick Chubb uh, during the first quarter of Monday Night Football. Uh, Megan Fitzpatrick uh, hits Chubb's leg, and it completely just. I'm not even going to get into the details of it on the air. ESPN did not show replays, not showing replays. That's fine. And definitely a season ender, obviously, for Nick Chubb. Who knows what happens after that? That is a very horrific injury. And you look for, hopefully, uh, get better soon, Nick. I wish I'd see him in the field because he is a damn good running back. He is underrated every year. You know, I was in a fantasy league this year. Someone picked him before me in round one. And I said it was a smart pick. If it wasn't for that, it would have been a smart pick because he, he's a very consistent running back. He has been a consistent running back since his days at Georgia. He's been a consistent running back for his years in the, in the, here in the league, and I hope he gets back. I hope he's able to do that again. I really, obviously, do. I think everyone should hope that. Uh, but now for the Browns, it's options time. In my opinion, right now, do you trade capital that you're already lacking in for trading for Watson? Because remember, they gave up I think three first-round picks, and all this money guaranteed to get a Cam Akers, who is the most obvious running back uh, trade option right now, considering that Sean McVay has alluded to him leaving uh, uh, the Rams uh, on a trade. Uh, and are looking that way. Uh, do you also, do you keep uh, Ford in your backfield? Because Stephen Ford, you know, everyone raving on that Steelers defense. You look at Watt, you look at Hydesmith. Uh They had no Hayward in that game either. No Hayward in that game. Fitzpatrick. He still got over 100 yards against them. So I think Stephen Ford deserves the chance to say, I should fill the gap this year as a starting running back for the Browns. You can wait a week. The trade deadline ain't for a while. You know, uh, Kareem Hunt's being talked about. Kareem Hunt played for the Browns a, a couple years ago. Uh, obviously, it would be seen as an option to bring him back into the fold. Um, uh, after he left um, la at the end of last year, they didn't resign him, so they can bring, and no one's picked him up, so they can bring him back in. He hasn't really been the he has never been what he was his first year at Kansas City. Since then, he only got 400 yards last year. Didn't, got a little under four yards to carry, but I think they see that and still see the chance to see him grow. But Stephen Ford got 100 yards. Think about that. Kareem Hunt, 
Sure, he didn't start all any of the 17 games, but he played 17 games, got 123 ca- carries, and had only 468 yards. Stephen Ford, I don't even know if he had 20 carries. He had over 100 yards. So I think Stephen Ford deserves a chance. You're already lacking in draft capital because you traded a lot of it away for Deshaun Watson. Now, I don't think you're going to need to trade a high draft pick to get Cam Akers, especially considering that it seems that Akers has the leverage and the Rams do want to trade him when you have your head coach publicly saying it's leaning towards we're going to trade him. But when you trade away first-round picks, you're going to keep as much capital as possible to hit gems. I think that may be a problem for the front office of Cleveland to trade. And Kareem Hunt, getting older, has never been the same back he was from 2017 in Kansas City. He's never gone over 1,000 yards in any of the four years he was at Brown. Has not been a consistent starter in any of the four years he was at at Cleveland. Hasn't been a consistent starter since 2018 in Kansas City. And he got under 500 yards last year, and he didn't want to resign him. So maybe that's not the great option you want either if you're Cleveland. Now, Cleveland might look for another running back, maybe a different one for agency that's not being talked about right now in the river mill, rumor mill. Maybe they want to trade for somebody else, and maybe they can get a better deal that we don't know. Obviously, we're not in NFL front offices here on the show. Obviously, anyone would ever want to speak for NFL front offices. There always could be surprising trades. But if I, based on the information I have right now in my hands, looking at Stephen Ford, Kareem Hunt, or Cam Akers, I would take Stephen Ford, at least a time period. You obviously always have time to sign someone in free agency. doesn't look like anyone's rushing to get Kareem Hunt right now, obviously, because you didn't resign him, and he's not signed to a team yet. And you have time to break off the rest. You need time to break off the rest, too. And Cam Akers, you have we still trade the line. And maybe he turns bad as well, while your eye looks good. So that's the big thing you have to look at here. Uh, another major, uh, another big thing that happened uh, on uh, Monday was uh, the NFL Players Association got got agreements filed against them by the league, uh, as the league uh, is accusing the Players Association of advising running backs to fake injuries or to exaggerate injuries as a tactic to gain leverage in contract negotiations. So here's the quote that I think is getting a lot of play from the NFL. It's from the Players Association president, J.C. Treader. Here's the quote. I'm going to read it to you. It's from July. Quote, you need to try to create as much leverage as you possibly can. And that's a tough thing with the franchise tag or being restricted in movement as it decreases your leverage. But then you have to find creative ways to build leverage elsewhere. I think we've seen issues. Now, I don't think anybody would say they would. there were fake injuries. But we've seen players who didn't want to be where they currently are. They have injuries that made them unavailable to practice and play, but you're not able to get fined, and you're not able to be punished for not reporting. So there are issues like that. I don't think I'm ever allowed. To, I'm, I don't think I'm allowed to ever recommend that, at least publicly. But I think each player needs to find a way to build up leverage to try to get a fair deal, and that's really what these guys are all looking for—to be uh, compensated fairly. Now, we have to see if there's any evidence. Obviously, you can't prove that he recommended they, that they told players that uh, based on a quote. Uh, you can't be like, well, and he said in the quote, I think I'm not allowed to recommend that. So, obviously, he's not, there's not a recommendation. They'd be able to defend themselves against that. There has to be evidence. And I think it's very interesting to look at a pro, a pro football talk uh, and uh, Mike Florio, where he said, it's an interesting thing he said here. 
whether the NFL's grievance case would cite uh, the running back uh, saga with the Colts and Jonathan Taylor as an experience and as evidence into this. You know, it's a big thing that, you know, he wants traded out. We'll see they said that. You know, this is just developing out. And I'll say this. I think it would be wrong uh, for the Players Association to do that. Now, if players want to do that on their own, that's their own way of doing it. If they can gain leverage and the teams are not smart enough to actually, you know, force a guy to look at the trainer's room to see if he's exaggerating an injury, especially if he's not head-related, not concussion-related, if it is that, then you have to give him a test or whatever, and you can prove that even then. So I do think teams uh, would should have the ability to, to figure that out um, if they're able to do that. And I think this is mostly in training camp. You're not going to usually see this in a regular season, especially if a guy wants to play. Uh, so we'll see how this uh, uh, happens, peers out. We haven't had one of these in a while from the league to the, to the union. Uh, but it's all fair game, I guess. Just figure out how to do that there. Um, also, Joe Burrow. You know, we talked about him not doing well. It seems it might be a little bit of an injury issue with him. Um, he is uh, in a uh, up-in-the-air status to that game against the Rams. They're going to need him. Because the way that offense looks, they can probably, Rams can probably beat Cincinnati without Burrow, even in the state he's in. I think they can get him over the line with him. I mean, they should be a good battle with the way they're playing Stafford at Burrow. I hope it's not good for him. I, I'm sorry. I hope it is good for him. Hopefully that, that hopefully that calf injury that he apparently aggravated, he's aggravated uh, is not bad. Hopefully that's not what's causing him to not play good because it does, it does seem like a definite major regression from a guy we haven't seen anything like that in his entire time in the NFL. Um, you know, in 2020, he was bleh, and then he broke out in 21 and 22. He'd look great. And now in 23, he's been horrible in the first game. Meh in the second game. So hopefully everything goes well for him. He can, they can get him back to, up together, and he'll be good again. Um, is it down? We can get into week three predictions? Is that all I got for this week? Yes, I do. So let's get into the NFL week three predictions very quickly. So we can wrap this episode up. Uh, let's take a look at it here. Let's start with Thursday night football. We got the Giants and the Niners. 8.15 on Amazon Prime, of course. And let me look and say this. You know, Daniel Jones can come back against uh, anybody he wants to. I just think San Francisco is too good right now, especially their home opener. Give me San Francisco 37, Giants 17. The, off- the defense is good. Nick Bosa, the offense is running on cylinders. I know the Giants are probably on a little high, even though they come back against Arizona. They're going to lose that game. Next up, Falcons and Lions. Falcons with the home win against Detroit. Lions with a disappointing, another, it seemed like a repeat of 2022, a disappointing home loss with a big offensive performance against Seattle. I do think Detroit gets a big offensive performance again. I think they win. 33-20, Detroit wins with a big offensive performance at home. They go 2-1. Chargers and Vikings. Two teams who are disappointed. Uh, this is, uh, both Falcons, Lions, and Chargers, Vikings, Sunday 1 o'clock games. <sighs> Two teams are very disappointed. I just ranted about both of these guys screaming at the mic. <sighs> Do I have to see the Chargers go down to 0-3? Ugh. I mean, both of these teams are 0-2. And these are two teams who were thought to be in contending positions. And this is a must-win game. This is a big, big game here at the Sunday 1 o'clock block. I think Kirk Cousins just does it. I, I don't know. I just don't trust the Chargers. I don't trust their coaching. I just don't, don't trust the way they're doing anything. Give me the Vikings in a tight, good game, 33-30, and the Chargers might fire their coach at some point very quickly at 0-3. 
Saints and the Packers at Lambeau Field. Packers get the 2-1. They rebound back off that loss to Atlanta. 24-17. Not going to say anything about that. The Saints are not running on any cylinders at all. Give me Green Bay there. Next up, we got the Texans and the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence against C.J. Stroud. I'm going to say right now, give me Lawrence in that game. 30 to 17. Although Stroud can make it close if he keeps up that offensive, keeps up that passing performance he had from Week One. Broncos to the Dolphins, one o'clock on Sunday. Come on, I know I said Russell Wilson's back, but this is not the game for him to win. Give me Miami, 37-31. I do think Russell can keep up the offensive performance, but he just cannot win that game in Miami. I'm, not, I'm sorry to say that. Titans Browns, Sunday one o'clock. Two teams. Who can look good, but then they look like they're iffy, iffy, iffy. Titans win on the road against the Browns, 27-20. I'll take that right there. I think that will happen. And the Browns just go back to 1-2. Bills, Commanders, Sunday 1 o'clock. This is a decent game. Washington is a surprise 2-0 team. Buffalo bounced back from that loss to the Jets and did a great performance up at Archer Park against the Raiders, as we talked about. Give me the Bills. 28-24. I think it would be a good game. I think Washington have a good fight. They're going to be on a high. They're going to have the home crowd behind them. Uh, and But I think they'll lose barely. Staying at the 1 o'clock games on Sunday, we got the Colts and the Ravens up in Baltimore. This could be a good game. Colts are doing well. Uh, this could be a good game. Uh, Colts are doing decently for what they were supposed to do this year. Uh, it would be interesting to see if Anthony Richardson can start that game against Baltimore. I just think Baltimore wins. I think they get a win. Um, I was going to say the score is 28-14. to 14. I think Baltimore goes to 3-0. and 0. I do think right now they're the team to be in the AFC North just with the schedule they've had so far and how they're performing. 1 o'clock on Sunday, Pats and the Jets. And I'm sorry to say this for the Jets fans. I know you're at home. I know you're at MetLife. I just can't get over Zach Wilson, even with a sort of continuously struggling uh, Mac Jones Patriots. Give me the Pats to get their first win of the season and get off the John. Uh, first, uh, the score of 20-14. to 14. Moving to the 4 5 uh, time frame. We got Seattle hosting uh, Bryce Young and the Panthers, and I think Carolina falls to 0-3. Just the Carolina team is not looking good on offense right now. They don't give me anything really spectacular in defense. Geno Smith looked like the old Geno Smith last week, and Seattle's just better of a team than Carolina. 28-14 again. I'm going to go with that score line. Uh, 4-25 window, two games there. First up is Kansas City hosting Chicago. And if you are a Chicago Bears fan, the last thing you want to see after starting 0-2, disappointing yourself at, um, at home to Green Bay and then laying an egg at the end of the game against Tampa Bay is to face Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Now, the one preview you have is that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense hasn't done good in either of the two games they played so far this year, but they're 1-1. One one. They should have beat, they should be 2-0, they should have beat Detroit. And I think they're going to beat you here. I'm still not going to give them a great offensive performance because they haven't really seen anything for me to do that, and their receivers are still not doing good at all. But I'm still going to give the Chiefs a win. Give me actually 30 for them. 30-17. Chicago's 0-3. There's real trouble up in uh, up in the Windy City. Other 425 game, we got the Cardinals hosting the Cowboys. The Cowboys, the Cardinals who have blown two games in a row. The Cowboys who have looked good. 
I just simple and quick. I think Dallas is going to go in and they're going to beat uh, Arizona thirty to seven. I think that defense is going to be dominant. I think Arizona gets put out of his misery early. Sunday night football: Steelers and the Raiders in Las Vegas. Two offenses have sputtered along. Steelers, who arguably should be 0-2 right now, if you look at the way the defense saved them on Monday Night Football against Cleveland. Jimmy Garoppolo ain't doing great for the Raiders. Can he pick up looking worse for the Steelers? <sighs> this is a real tight game to call. It might actually be a game that's at least close enough for the drama of Sunday Night Football. <sighs> I just think the Steelers' defense is good enough. I think Steelers go 2-1. Maybe this is my Steeler fandom bias blinding me. I think that will happen. I'll say low scoring game, 17 to 10. Um, 7-15, Monday Night Football. Buccaneers and Eagles down at Tampa Bay. Buccaneers, Nick said that last week. They continue to be a surprise team. A surprise 2-0 start for Baker Mayfield. You have that Mayfield-Evans connection. You have Jalen Hurts and his connections with both Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. I think the magic runs out for Tampa Bay. I do think we start to see a little bit of separation this week from the favorites. I think the Eagles do go to 3-0. I do think they continue their march for forward. Give me 24-21. to 21. I do think it'll be a tight game. I do think Baker Mayfield is showing people he can play better, but just too much offense from Jalen Smith, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Deontay, uh, De 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 DeAndre Swift, and all those guys, and they'll, I think they'll win. And then, Monday Night Football final game of the week, 8-15. We have the Bengals and the Rams in Cincinnati. Bengals, disappointing start of the year. They lose at Cleveland. They come back home. They lose to Baltimore. Now they're 0-2. They're with the Browns. They're, they're bottom of the AFC North unexpectedly after two games. And they get the Rams, who look decent, have two who look decent, both have, um, uh, What's their name? I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Bad time to forget them, right? They have both uh, Pukanuk, uh, Puka and Akua, and they have um, Tutu Atwell, who have both doing great. Stafford looks better than he did at L last year. Burrow is not looking good, and Burrow might be all that calf injury. You have to seriously consider the Bengals being 0-3 after this game. And I'm going to say they will be 23-20. Uh, now, that could definitely change if Joe Burrow is back. And that could definitely change if Joe Burrow looks as good as he was in the last couple of seasons. Because I, didn't th I think if that were to happen, if he's back and he's as good as he's been in the last couple of seasons, I think the Bengals should win that game and get off the, the John. So, we'll see what happens. And that's it for this week's... We don't have a name for this yet. Hopefully, we finally have a name for this in week three. I'm Billy Arnett. Nick should be back next week. And we should have uh, some new guys joining us soon. So, keep listening to us. See you guys.